Baptist 21 is a pastor-led voice for Southern Baptists in the 21st century. The B21 podcast will discuss current issues in the SBC with Southern Baptist church leaders. To check out more resources, visit us at baptist21.com. Welcome to the Baptist 21 podcast, where we have conversations about what it means to be Baptist in the 21st century. I'm Jed Coppinger, pastor of Redemption City Church. And today we have with us Pastor Marshall Blaylock, pastor of First Baptist Church, Charleston, and uh, the chairman of the Abuse Reform Implementation Task Force, and Pastor Jared Stevens, uh, pastor of Champion Forest Baptist Church in Houston, Texas, and a member of the task force. Thanks for being with us, guys. Thank you. Hey, so last year uh, at the convention, the messengers adopted two recommendations put forward by the sexual abuse task force, the creation of the RITF, if uh, if I can say it just that shortly, uh, and the creation of, um, of a ministry check website. Um, that needed to happen. And so this past week at the SBC Executive Committee meetings, uh, Marshall, you uh, announced that Guidepost was selected to be the ones that the SBC uses for this ministry check website. Since that time, uh, you've been in all kinds of conversations and received all kinds of feedback. Uh, Many other leaders have as well. And so uh, we just wanted to take a moment to uh, help ask some questions, provide clarity, and there seems to be a number of uh, confusion. We don't think we're all going to agree on everything, but we would at least be really sure that we know what we're agreeing and disagreeing over. So let me start with uh, this question, uh, Marshall. Why, why did the task force choose guideposts, and what did that process look like? All right, so the good good question. We're happy to answer it. I need to give you a couple pieces before we get to that part of the question, because... Okay. Last year, Baptists agreed that we had to find a way to help churches identify predators so they can't go from church to church without people knowing about it. The goal of having the Ministry Check website is to help local churches um, stop abusers from going silently from place to place where people don't know. And our goal is that every church in the SBC is the safest place on earth for little kids to go and hear the good news of the gospel. And for everybody to go, not just kids, everybody to go. It's a safe place. And that's what Baptists in and, and a wave of support want to do based on Anaheim uh, last June. So then they've asked us to be the one to, to research and recommend a company that can host and certify the information that's on the Ministry Check website so that Baptists can trust that what's on there is actually true and can actually be helpful to churches um, so they can discern who's, who's who and how to, how to avoid having predators come to their church. So, so that's what we were asked to do. The Credentials Committee, uh, according to the motion made last year, makes the final decision, but... Our task force was asked to do the homework behind the scenes to help the credentials committee make this decision. We met with them on more than one occasion, and um, we had the opportunity to, I mean, the folks on the credentials committee 
are doing, um, they have a, a full workload. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they are volunteers. Most of them lay, most of them are lay, lay people and they had their hands full. So we, we, we said, we, we definitely want to help you figure this out. So what we did is we put out a call last September, uh, to anyone across the SBC, if they had a company that they knew, thought could do this job, uh, to, to send us the information. We put out a call to any company that wanted to um, provide information. They didn't have to even produce a proposal, just information to be able to uh, offer their services. And so that was, we, we began that way to, see, to seek what companies were capable and qualified to do the job. And one of the things that, uh, that uh, concerned us as we started was, as you recall, last June, uh, Guidepost put out a tweet in, on, in support of Pride Month, and that that was something that, that uh, it really conflicts with most of the values of our people and my own values as well. Um, and so, they're a good company that did a good job for us last year, but that created some concern on the part of a lot of folks. And so, our task force shared those very same concerns. And so, we, we went to look for companies. We, we, we sought information about any possible, every possibility we could find uh, to make sure we were making good decisions about this. So what we did, we found um, that we only had a couple of names that were suggested by people across the convention. Um, we did research and interviews with a number of companies. We found 18 total that we actually either interviewed or talked to or investigated that were possibilities. Um, there were some uh, who were more in the Christian space um, that would, would share our values. And we had hoped that we'd find a company like that that had the qualifications to do this job. And none of those companies were able to, didn't have, they didn't have the bandwidth or the capability of doing what we, what we needed done. And so we interviewed and, and sought and asked and prayed and sought the Lord's wisdom. And there were other companies we found that could, did have the bandwidth to do it, that could do the job. Uh, but they were um, very supportive of causes that are antithetical to our values and financially supportive of those causes. And so there were some large law firms that could do this and do it well, uh, but they, they, didn't, they didn't share our values at all in any way. So we were in a we were in a place where we we knew we needed to have this done well. The Southern Baptist Convention. The last thing we want to do is try to put up a, a website that's a, that doesn't work or is indefensible in court. These things, and one of the qualifications had to be a company that had cybersecurity experts who could produce a public website that everybody could use but also has information that's kept secure and it wouldn't be uh, subject to hackers and other kind of things. So it, it's, it's, it's way more complicated than people think. I've had people say, well, my brother-in-law could do a website. And I joke, I say, yeah, well, we love your brother-in-law. But just doing a website isn't necessarily what this is. This is far more complicated than what it, it looks like. So we came back to uh, conversations with Guidepost because they were capable of doing the job and could do it very well. And we, we had discussed some of our concerns with them even last summer. And so they, here's what they did. Guidepost 
this huge secular firm that really doesn't need our business. One of the people, one of the concerns people have is they've made all these steps because they're desperately in need of our business. They really don't need our business, actually. They're a huge company. Um, but they chose because they care about this and they, and they actually like us. I mean, they, they've actually, they want to do what they can to help us. What they've done is they've created a whole new division. It's called Faith-Based Solutions. And while, our, while we've announced that we've chosen Guideposts, it's really the Faith-Based Solutions division of Guideposts. The contract will be with Faith-Based Solutions. And what they've done is they've put um, people that share our values uh, to lead this company, this new company that's, that they've created, not just for us, but for us and other conservative denominations like ours, other evangelicals who believe in many ways like we do on some of these important values questions, but want to do something right about trying to prevent sexual abuse. And so they've created this, this new division and they put Samantha Kilpatrick, who is a dedicated Southern Baptist Christian person who's a seminary graduate, an accomplished attorney, former prosecutor, who cares about this issue uh, greatly and, and is one of us leading this division. And so while we, it, this is the part about Guideposts not sharing Southern Baptist values is a concern to us. What Guidepost has done is they have made this amazing step toward us to help to respect our values, but also to put people on our, uh, involved in our work who are actually not just respectful of our values, but actually share our values. Mm. So one of the, one of the questions people have is have your convictions changed? Now my convictions haven't changed. What's happened is guidepost has created a whole new company that shares our conviction. And so that's, mm. that made it where we knew guidepost had the bandwidth is a world-class organization can do this well. And now they've created a whole division that shares our values. And so at that point we could feel comfortable saying this is the best way to help our churches create, create this website that makes it possible for us to identify and, and help each other identify people that were unqualified to serve in our churches. And, and Jed, I think it's, I think it's really important uh, and I appreciate you so much having uh, this conversation with uh, Marshall and I today because, uh, you know, in our world, nuance and conversation is not uh, welcomed uh, that often regarding uh, subjects like this and what we're dealing with. But, you know, um, I think it's important when personally, when I was called uh, to serve on this task force, uh, Bart called me and, uh, man, I'm, I'm two years into leading our church here in Houston. This is the last phone call that I wanted to take. And I asked Bart, I asked, and I asked him two questions. I said, number one, Bart, would you do this? I mean, thanks a lot for the call, you know? And then number two, I said, who's the chairman? Cause I, you know, I wanted to know who was leading this task force. That was very important to me. And, uh, when he said Marshall Blaylock, uh, I, I thought, man, great. And, and Marshall has proved himself to be a man that is above reproach, integrity filled and leading our task force very well. Really grateful for his leadership. But, you know, I'm a I'm a, a victim or a survivor of sexual abuse. And uh, I've never, you know, when it comes to SBC stuff, this I'm talking from a personal standpoint, I'm going to look back into what Marshall was talking about as it relates to guideposts, faith based solutions. Um, 
is, uh, you know, uh, I was abused between the ages of eight and 12 by a little league coach, uh, never told a soul until I was 19. God was working on my heart, this call to ministry. And I knew I needed to come forward and tell somebody. And I was serving at my home church, uh, in a, a summer after my freshman year of college. And, uh, man, uh, my church came alongside me and my family in that time. And I don't know that we would have made it without the faithfulness of a pastor and staff and a, and a, and a church body that uh, came alongside us and loved us. And, uh, I say that to say, you know, my abuse didn't happen inside the church by a pastor or a youth minister or a volunteer. Uh, I can't imagine, I can't imagine, uh, what it would have been like had it been that way. Uh, I, I don't know where I would be right now. I really don't. Just the the confusion of the the bringing the spiritual in with a an evil, uh, dark uh, sin like sexual abuse. And so I just, you know, I figured, man, my church uh, from back home in Bossier City, Louisiana, uh, did, you know, love me well. And, and I just, you know, my posture has been when Southern Baptist asked me to serve somewhere, my posture is going to be okay, yes. And then with my background, I thought, uh, you know, if maybe, maybe for such a time as this, you know, God can use my testimony and what I went through, uh, to help, um, eradicate, uh, you know, sex abuse in, in a denomination that I love. Um, I say that to say, you know, going back to Anaheim, the, the convention spoke overwhelmingly that they wanted reform. They elected a president to a ta- to a task force. There were eight of us on this task force, nine, eight now. And man, th- it represents all of the SBC, small church, big church, black, white, male, female. And these are people who like the credentials committee, <laughs> volunteers. Uh, they don't, none of us came in with an agenda and we all came to this conclusion when I would say more than several of us weren't comfortable when we walked into it. So, you know, uh, I, I want that to go against the background of everything that Marshall just told you. Uh, you've got good people serving on this task force that have been, uh, uh, you know, uh, assigned to do a job. And none of us came in with this knowing what we were going to do or, you know, come in with an agenda. And so, uh, you know, I, I say that to say to the people listening, I think they can have confidence uh, in the people that uh, our president elected to the task force who are good people doing the very best job they can to do something that's never been done before. And, uh, you know, that, I just say all that to lay it against the backdrop of how we came to guidepost. Yeah. No, that's really helpful. Um, you know, you, you, Marshall, you mentioned the uh, tweet last summer, uh, heard around the SBC, uh, that uh, the pro-LGBTQ tweet and uh, how much, especially in the month that we're having these kinds of conversations, that's obviously continued to be a part of these conversations like you mentioned. But just a second ago, when you were talking about the how you guys evaluated uh, the different uh, types of organizations that you could have partnered and recommended um, to Southern Baptists. You mentioned uh, that there were some that used their money that we would be paying them to support LGBTQ causes and other things like that. And so you didn't, which which uh, would mean, I guess, that the money that would go to guideposts wouldn't support those things, which is one of the criticisms I've heard in the past week, in the past few months is, uh, could, could you talk a little bit to that one? I'm sure you've heard it 
Yeah. One of the conversations we had early on with the leadership of Guidepost, even before they separated out the uh, faith-based solutions, was about their values. And it's a secular company. And they can't discriminate on any of these things. As a church, we can. Um, And we explained to them that those are values that are not just ideas for us. They're, they're heartfelt. It's part of who we are. And we believe the gospel's for everybody. And we're not trying to, to be hateful toward anyone. But at the same time, we have values that we can't, we're not about to uh, compromise what we know to be true. And they understood that. And um, so we asked the question because people said, well, is our money going to financially support causes that are antithetical to our values. And Guidepost made it clear to us that their charitable contributions have gone to two organizations in New York City. One is the Police Athletic League, and the other is uh, an organization that helps children out of poverty. And um, so their their, their, their charitable contributions have not been to any to any organizations that have political affiliations or otherwise that would be something that would cause problems for us or, or any other group for that matter, mm-hmm. not just us. So that they're, they've been very careful to give charitable contributions to causes that would not be seen as political on either end of the spectrum for that matter. Um, and so that was encouraging to us because that was that was one of the things that that uh, was a choke point for us. If if our money was going to eventually go to, to actually financially support these things, that was that was a difficult uh, stretch for us. And so they answered that question, uh, and that was encouraging to us. That led us to take two more steps in the in the process. One, uh, they've they've their practices on social media have changed. And so you're not going to see them. I mean, they've, they've, they're not tweeting anything since October of last year, period. Um, and that's when they also, in November, uh, created the entire new division. So they took three big steps that, that made it possible for us to enter the conversation. Um, and again, we looked at every possibility. And I've had a few folks that have said, you know, Surely there's somebody else you could find. And, I, and we've said, we asked, we looked, and we've done our diligence on this. And I wish there were other opportunities. But at the same time, I got to stop and say, you know, do we really want the best company doing this? And honestly, this new faith-based solutions division, this is a world-class organization coming to the aid of Southern Baptist to do a service for us. This is, they're providing a service for us. And um, if there was a great alternative that, that uh, uh, warmly embraced all of our values throughout the whole company, I, I think it'd be an easy decision. But here we have a company who's created a whole division that does embrace our values and they're world-class. We feel like they, they would do a great job at creating this website. That's great. Uh, what, one of the questions, just kind of on the 
the nature of the relationship of what it will look like. Uh, we've we've all heard of a number of uh, concerns and questions and confusion probably as that relates. Let me ask you a question about, you know, one of the things that's related to the tweet, some of what you just said there speaks to this question, but, um, you know, people have asked, how can they make any moral judgments? You know, what's the, what's the nature of their authority in, in these things? Bart Barber, um, you know, kind of, uh, this past week was tweeting out things like, uh, you've heard it said that guideposts role is to make moral judgments for the SBC. But I tell you that the SBC is not outsourcing moral judgments to anyone. When an investigator says, here's the evidence we found that this guy had sex with a girl in the youth group, they're just telling us what happened. I didn't know we needed help with deciding whether that is moral or immoral. And we haven't asked for any help with moral judgments about abuse. Uh, is Bart right there? Anything that you would say in response to that uh, line of questioning? As long as when Bart answered that question, he was petting a cow or driving a, a bush hog or something, then I agree with every word Bart said. I'm sure he was. Yeah. Awesome. And I would, I would, I would add this, Jed, you know, our, I would encourage anybody listening to go to our website. Okay. We're putting FAQs out, starting to put up more and more updates much more frequently, uh, abuse reform task force.net and actually go to that website and, and read it. That's the thing. Like our, our analytics on this website are showing the average person stays on it about 18 seconds. <laughs> so, so my point is people have all these hot sports opinions and all these questions. Mm -hmm. They're not reading what's really going on. And so, uh, you know, it's the desire is our desire. Like we're putting it out there and we're answering so many of these questions that people want clarity on. Uh, but they, you know, they got to do their due diligence and not get their information from Twitter. Uh, but the facts that are out there. Yeah. That's good. So you may put this on the website and I missed it, but will they will they actually investigate or are they responding and evaluating to investigations by someone else? Their job is to certify that investigations initiated by churches, independent investigations are what churches are asked to do when it comes to situations where there's not a conviction, a confession or a civil judgment. And so when a church sends in information about someone and, and, and suggests that that information is about someone who's credibly accused, then their independent investigation sent, is sent to the website, Ministry Check website. What happens there is that the Ministry Check website has legal experts and investigative experts who will review that independent investigation that the church has sent up to make sure it's it's itself credible because the last thing anybody wants is for um, someone to put up something that just is has either legal or logical flaws in it and it's not a credible piece we can't just put that on the website it's just wrong so guide post faith-based solutions will not be doing the investigations they'll be certifying that the, these investigations pass the legal standard that we've set and pass the investigative procedures that are 
high professional standards that are that are secular standards, yes, but they're they're the standards of, of how you do investigations. And they also, in fact, will will give the accused an opportunity to know what's being done and respond to that as well. So they will be doing the review, the legal and ethical review of the standards being used in the investigation and to make sure it's been done correctly. Okay. Yeah. So that, so they will have, uh, that was, that's one of the, one of the other things that, that we've heard, you know, or one of the questions has been, you know, in civil cases, there's opportunities to, there's due process. There's an opportunity to, for the accused to respond. So there, there is a, uh, um, a pathway for someone accused to respond to have more than one investigative approach to a, a situation. Is that correct? That's correct. And the assumption is that the original independent investigation gave the accused an opportunity. Okay. But our website, what we're working on, and, and all these details are in, involved in a contract negotiations. But the plan is that the Minister Check website will also give a second opportunity for the accused to state their case and to review the independent investigation. And Jed, our state conventions have done a great job. A lot of these task forces are putting, you know, putting together toolboxes, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, and giving information to local churches, uh, you know, just people that they can call on to do a third party investigation um, that is not, you know, guidepost faith based solutions. So uh, and we're, we're going to be uh, putting out more information on that as well. That's great. That's great. Great answers. One of the. One of the other questions related to that is uh, the what if the the thing that nobody wants to happen happens and someone's name ends up on a list um, and that turns out that there's a lawsuit, you know, and and all the things that come with that. Um, You know, you you mentioned that there's still negotiations. I want this perhaps might be a part of those negotiations between Guidepost and the SBC. but w- w- with that scenario, any thoughts on that? Is is the SBC liable there? Is the is guidepost? Is it because of all the investigative work that's taken place there? Um, does it work out a, another way? Thoughts on on that uh, that question? Okay, so anytime you do anything, you're a pastor. Churches get sued, even when it's or they you're threatened to be sued even on stuff that maybe you'd just be surprised. So is it possible that somebody along the way is going to try to sue on the question of the ministry check website? It's possible. And they will try to, I'm sure um, a good attorney is going to want to try to find as many people as possible to, to make um, the liability stick. So we're working on the conversation about, how that looks indemnifying this work. But our theory, and again, you're you're talking to two pastors, so we're not lawyers, Um, but our theory is the original investigative firm has to defend their work. If that work is certified by faith-based solutions, they'll have to defend their work. So the individual work that's been done, the work product has to be defended by people that did it or certified it. If the question is about a larger thing where having a, a, a website at all, then that's not 
faith-based solutions or the local church. It's the, it's the SBC decided together to have a website. So if that's the issue, then we're on the hook for that. So the only place that the SBC would, in our view, have liability is on the standards that we have set. That's great. No, really helpful. As it relates to that, and again, this is probably one of those uh, things that it's not uh, totally clear at this point, um, but uh, just thinking about the cost moving forward, you know, one of the the things that uh, set off a number of alarms last week was the amount of money spent by the executive committee this past year. Um, and I think a, a portion of that was an approved portion by the SBC uh, for the sexual abuse task force of the, I believe it was 6 million total. Uh, it was more around, you know, whatever it was, 1.5, 2 million, I think, towards guideposts and uh, those efforts this past year. So, but, but that issue uh, has certainly raised a lot of uh, questions about ongoing costs and sustainability and those types of things. And, um, and I'm sure that there's a, a lot of uh, questions that can't be answered right now. But do we have, does the task force have a range, you know, of, of um, just even in, in conversation um, with guideposts that they think this is probably what a website like this will cost moving forward? And again, with the note that you could create a lot of websites, but not ones that are have the cybersecurity that's needed, not, not the kind that can be used in court, not the kind, those kind of things. But is there a range or a budget, you know, that you guys have in mind? Uh, obviously, still negotiating uh, these things makes it difficult probably to uh, to speak to that. But any thoughts on that? We don't yet have a clear picture of that enough to comment with any certainty. I, I'd be reticent to say something I'm not certain of. Everything we told you today are things we believe are 100% true. We're not, we're not hiding a thing. I just do not know ongoing. We think that setting it up is going to cost between one and a half and $2 million. Um, we've, we budgeted that last year with the previous task force uh, through send relief funds. All those funds are still available to do this. So, so setting it up is, is more or less um, we have resources to do that. But going forward, the exact amount, we are not certain. And as soon as we have a clearer picture of that, we will let people know. We're not hiding anything. We don't have an answer. Okay. So in order, it'll be on the website. I'm sure, yeah, it'll be unmissable. Um, but that'd be the place to look moving forward. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Um, is there anything else um, that comes to mind that you think, I mean, as you guys are out there and there's a lot of great info on the website, um, but anything else that uh, comes to mind that would be worth mentioning as we wrap up? I can't think of anything. Uh, just, again, the encouragement to go to the website, follow the updates that are on that website. And, um, you know, having conversations like this is so important, Jed. So, again, thanks for having us and allowing us to communicate uh, clearly what we're doing behind the scenes and, uh, again, uh, doing something that, uh, you know, is important work that uh, our convention has tasked us to do. Um, and so uh, no, nobody, you know, Marshall's got a saying that everybody's against sexual abuse and we are uh, until it until it cost us something. And so uh, we know that 
Um, there are a lot of concerns and questions out there, and we're working diligently to address those concerns and questions in the in the most effective way we can. Well, guys, thanks so much for taking the time to talk and and for working all all of these issues in this kind of environment. Um, it's not an easy task, and so uh, along with pastoring and everything else that comes with that. So grateful for uh, the work that you've put in. Look forward to continuing to follow uh, y'all's work and the website and other things, praying for you guys, and would invite everybody, uh, regardless of your views on on any of these things uh, moving forward, uh, to pray, to, to ask for God's help in order to move things, bo- things forward in the way that's best uh, and most glorifying to Christ. So with that... Uh, We will be done here, and um, be sure to check out the website for more information. And thanks for joining us on the Baptist 21 podcast. Thank you for listening to the Baptist 21 podcast. To learn more about us, visit us at our website, baptist21.com. Also, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast with others. It would really help us out. If you ever have thoughts or ideas for future interviews, please reach out to us at our email, baptist21 at gmail.com. Again, thanks for listening to the podcast.